This podcast on creativity and education is coming to you from the School of English Drama and Film at University College in Dublin and is being recorded monthly as part of Rachel Feely's Irish Research Council funded Creative Based PhD. Episode 2 The President Richard Milhouse Nixon Connection. Clive James started the preface of his book, wryly titled Unreliable Memoirs by Writing. Most first novels are disguised autobiographies. This autobiography is a disguised novel. James was humorously acknowledging that when writers write about their lives, they invariably make stuff up. How can anyone accurately remember the details of every experience and conversation they ever had? And if they do write realistically, or in a Proustian style, they may be hailed as literary geniuses, win great prizes. But those weighty books might be a little boring. Writing as if everyone you know is dead could upset your Christmas plans if you care about such things. If writing a snappy memoir necessitates truncating the facts and a bit of airbrushing so that you don't cause irreversible collateral damage to bystanders, when do you, as a writer, control and reshape your story to such an extent that it sidesteps into the realms of fiction? In an effort to back up a particular memory relating to the former President of America, so that it feels right to use it, I decided to investigate the Nixon connection. Looking for evidence of the President's presence started with a precocious introduction to the concept of irony and the idea that world leaders may be corrupt through a certificate of appreciation that my parents displayed over their mantelpiece in our combined house-slash-architectural practice where I grew up on Clyde Road. Overmantel mirrors and family pictures. Paintings were the kind of things people put over their fireplaces and period houses. But in my home, there was a simple, unframed piece of cardboard over the fire, stamped with a presidential seal and signed by the American president. As soon as I was old enough and curious enough to ask questions, I was told that Nixon was a disgraced crook. But my father had shown him around when he visited Ireland. Although young, I quickly understood that this was a talking point. American presidents were very important. Leaders of countries could be corrupt. And my father was being ironic and self-deprecating by displaying his now dubious honour from the now disgraced president. As a little child, I was delighted to show it to visitors. Many years later, I recorded my father talking about the past on voice memos and asked him about the Nixon visit. During the late 1960s, my mother and father had returned from America and were working on landscape projects for Irish county councils. There was an effort made to find his ancestor's grave when he came to visit Ireland, my father told me. He didn't really have any genuine Irish ancestors, so they found this old grave that he had some kind of link with. It was a mess. I was called in to tart it up. I put some landscaping and paving around the grave and in the graveyard. I wanted to know about the moment they met. Did he show Nixon around Ireland? What did Nixon say to him? My father didn't try to embellish the story. It was very quick, he said. They just drove in, said hello and drove off. It was ridiculous, really. Just a way to keep the Irish-American voters happy. An interesting family anecdote. But, as the acclaimed novelist and professor of creative writing at UCD, Sarah Moss advised me recently, many stories can be interesting, but you don't necessarily put them all in your work. In an effort to learn more about Nixon's visit, I went searching on the internet for reports and footage of his Irish-American vote-attracting stop-off to pay his respects at his ancestor's grave during his visit to Ireland. According to a 2011 report in the Irish Independent, 
there was a quarrel over whether it was located in Timahoe in County Leash or an alternative Timahoe in County Kildare. It was finally settled that Nixon's ancestors were Quakers, one being Thomas Milhouse, who had emigrated from Kildare in 1729. There was a great clean-up because the graveyard was covered in mud, hedges were trimmed and cut back, and gravel was laid, according to the design of Ireland's newest landscape architects, my father and mother. On the day, on top of a podium surrounded by Secret Service agents, Nixon unveiled a stone monument, dedicated in memory of the Irish Quakers of Timahoe, October 5th, 1970, by Richard Milhouse Nixon to his maternal ancestors. The Irish Quakers boycotted the event as a protest against Nixon's handling of the Vietnam War, and an impeccably dressed American journalist fell off the media platform into the negligently, as yet, ungraveled graveyard mud. The outline of the old Quaker meeting house was shaped by Ray's thoughts. My mother said yesterday that lots of interesting things were supposed to happen during his visit, but because of security concerns by the Secret Service, they were cancelled, and the whole thing was a bit of a damp squib. Nixon did make a nice speech in front of the journalist-heavy and Quaker-free audience, where he said that the greatest purpose and the greatest goal that I have and the greatest purpose and the greatest goal that the American people have is to play a role to bring peace, not only to America, but to all the world. I found the certificate in my mother's house and took a picture. It is still attached to the wall. It looks kind of old and insubstantial, but then I noticed... It was signed by President Richard Nixon. He had left out the important Irish connection. His middle name, Milhouse. The long title of this PhD is Adoption, an Interdisciplinary Reframing, Memoir, Legality and Multiracialism. Media tags, at Irish Research, hashtag Love Irish Research, hashtag GOI 2023.